Howdy friends and welcome to the Old Hat Podcast. This is episode 20, I think, and I'm James Chambliss, your host, also known as Old Hat. And if I sound a little damper than I usually do, it's because just as I sat down here, I thought, well, before I start recording, I'm going to crack open this uh, bottle of club soda and it sprayed all over me and the computer and my desk and my filthy pants because I've been out in the garden. But the good news about spilling club soda is a little bit of club soda will take it right out. It's an old joke, but I like it. But I didn't really come to talk to you about uh, club soda, although we can talk about club soda if you want to. There's some good things you can add club soda and make quarantinis with, I think. I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me. No, I've been thinking about my grandma today, my grandma Wiley, wondering what she'd say about all this stuff going on right now. She saw an awful lot of stuff in her life, but I don't think she saw anything quite like this. Grandma was born in 1903, if I've got my numbers right, so she lived through both world wars and a number of smaller ones, and uh, she was a teacher, and she was an accountant at a state hospital. Boy, the stories she could tell, right? She could sew anything. She could cook everything, and she loved coffee, which maybe that's where I got it, and today's broadcast is brought to you by coffee. I'm still drinking the coffee that John gave me. But I'm eyeballing some other coffee that came in, too. So I sure appreciate you kind people. If you, I will just tell you, you move right to the top of my prayer list when you send coffee. <laughs> I'm pretty easy that way. Yeah, my grandma was quite a lady, though. She, uh, you know, get her telling stories. She used to tell me that she, uh, in World War One, all the women in her little town rolled bandages to send overseas to the soldiers. And things like that, just random things from daily life. When cars were still a new thing, um, well, and she remembers the first airplane she ever saw, and she remembers, she and her, I think her cousin, they bought a car together, a Model A or something, Model T maybe, and uh, they were driving across country, like you do, just because that's what they wanted to try and do, and the radiator started, sprung a leak, and they kept putting water in just wherever they stopped, they'd find a pond and fill it up with water, and it kept boiling out, and so one of them got the bright idea that they would pick up a bunch of cow manure and shove it down in the radiator because it would work like mulch in a garden, right? And mulch is there to retain moisture. And so they stuffed, they stuffed cow manure down into the radiator and then filled it up with water so it took longer to boil it out. She said it was very effective. I got to tell you, though, in today's cars, I can't see shoving manure into the radiator being a good solution for any problems that your cars might have. Y'all don't try that. Call AAA. Call me. I'll come pick you up. There's no reason to put manure in your radiator. But no conversation about my grandma would ever be complete without talking about gardening because she was a big gardener. Didn't matter where she was, she always had a garden. I remember going over to her house and she ha she didn't have flower beds outside she had those inside she raised african violets but outside in her flower beds there'd be peppers and onions and who knows what all I, and i remember it because i remember my dad one time working in the gardens for and he picked a banana pepper and ate it and i was like oh that's crazy that's got to be terrible hot right i'm a little kid i thought that was just whoo that's gonna burn don't eat that <laughs> but it was really good he didn't talk me into a bite though but my grandma liked keeping people busy in the garden. She was kind of famous for saying she'd never seen a juvenile delinquent on the end of a hoe handle. And so my grandma did a pretty good job of keeping a hoe in my hands all the time. The garden implement. Come on now. The garden implement. The garden hoe. 
<laughs> she would be very jealous of some of the tools I have for my garden. I have a scuffle hoe, and I don't know if she ever had one, but man, it's a handy thing. She'd sure love mine, I know. But I think I told you I'm putting in my victory garden, and so I was out working in my garden today. I got in some tomato plants, uh, and we can plant a lot of things here in Texas now because it's spring is tomorrow. And uh, the pecan trees have leaves. And, and in Texas, if your pecan trees have leaves on them, you can be pretty sure you're past the last freeze. You know, there are no guarantees in life. But around here, those are some of the things that we look at and go, yep, I think it's time to start planting the things that, uh, that can't take a frost, like tomatoes. I got in some okra, and I got in some more peppers just because it amuses me and they're pretty. I uh, put in some eggplant because I don't know why. I don't even like eggplant, but... You know, we might eat eggplant if we got hungry enough. They had it at the at the uh, feed store. That's really why I ended up with eggplant. Planted some cantaloupe. What else did I plant? Anyway, I got a few things in. I bought some more seeds, so I got to get a, a tractor cranked up and really do some serious groundwork before I can start planting anything else. But I'm making good progress out there. And that always makes me think of my grandma because she had a lot of wisdom about gardens. I learned a lot of what I know from her. And... Uh, she, I was thinking about her day because with this bum knee I've got, I can't really spend much time on the ground. And so my grandmother, I never saw her get on her knees, right? Never for working in the garden. She always worked standing up or leaning over. And I can only lean over so long. And then I'm like, oh, this is not working. <laughs> I'm just not accustomed to that. I'm not that old yet or something. I don't know. But today I was actually able to get down on my knees in some of the soft places. So that's great progress for somebody that uh, is still walking around with a cane. And since I was on my knees anyway, I decided to pray for you. And I hope you don't mind. But I pray for peace and I pray for peace of mind. Things are a little wild and scary right now, I know. And so I just wanted you to know that uh, there's an old cowboy out in his garden patch late this afternoon that was praying for you to be comforted and for you not to be overwhelmed with concern by all that's going on. I know it can be overwhelming. I'll tell you, there wasn't a single a single news bulletin uh, in the garden patch today, and that made it a happy place for me to be. The only news I have from the garden patch was I called a buddy of mine. Uh, David's a, um, he treats for bugs. What do you call those? Exterminator. He's our exterminator. And I've got a great big fire ant bed right in the middle of my garden, one of my flower beds. You know, and in a flower bed, right, you can just put poison on it and not worry about it. But if you're going to eat out of that, you don't want to put any poison on it. And if you don't have fire ants, trust me, you don't want fire ants. I'm told there's still places in the world that don't have them. And when I was a boy growing up, we didn't have them either. With those big red ants that bite the fire out of you, fire ants are worse. And we don't have red ants anymore because the fire ants ate all of them. And they ate a lot of our quail, too. I don't know why they won't eat wild hogs. That would be actually handy if they would do some of that. But I've got a great big fire ant bed, and I called David and said, Man, is there anything I can treat fire ants with that won't poison food? And he, the only thing he knew of was diatomaceous earth. And I thought, well, I, I should have known that because I know you can use it. Like if you've got chickens outside and you get fleas, sand fleas, yeah, this is the news y'all come here for, right? This is what you really want to know about. Yes, but old hat, what if I get sand fleas around my chickens? Well, I'm going to tell you the answer, children. The answer is scattered diatomaceous earth because it doesn't hurt the chickens, but the fleas don't like it and they leave. Same with fire ants. They don't like it, so they'll go somewhere else. And I'm for that, but I'm also for not putting poison on any of my 
garden vegetables. And in that, I'm not quite like my grandmother because my grandmother would shake seven dust on anything. I don't know how we survived all the seven dust we probably ingested when I was growing up. <laughs> but I will let the bugs eat some leaves. I'm not eating any seven dust. That's kind of where I draw the line right there. I'm not going to put poison on my vegetables. Thank you. I'm, you know, kind of organic, I guess, in that sense. But the only other news that uh, David had for me was he was on his way home from the grocery store in town. And uh, and everybody was kind and nice, and, and they were short on some things. There wasn't a lot to choose from, but he said there was toilet paper. They had about 20 packages of toilet paper. He said, I didn't buy any because we're not, we're not in need of it right now, and somebody else might be. And I thought, you know what? That's good news. That's somebody that's gone to town and found a, an in-short supply commodity, and went, I'm going to leave that on the shelf because somebody else might need it. And, y'all, that's good news. There are good people out there. I had some other good people here today, too, and one of them, uh, after my podcast yesterday about the grocery store not having eggs, sent me a text and said, I've got eggs for you. <laughs> and so my friend Savannah, God bless her, she brought me two dozen eggs from her house today, and I gave her in return because we've just established a barter economy now, right? And so I put a, a motion-activated LED light in my mailbox. So if you go to open my mailbox at night, the light comes on. So you can tell if there's something in there you don't want to grab hold of. You can just grab mail, right? Well, Savannah lives way out in the country in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and there's no lights out there. And she has this fear, as we all do, of sticking our hands in dark mailboxes. What's in there? You don't know. And so I gave her one of these lights that you it uh, sticks to the back of the inside and comes on and I thought it was such a cool ideal, I, and I told her, I fess up here, I got the ideal from one of my smartest friends, Phil. He did this, and it's a great ideal, y'all. I bought some on uh, Amazon, and I bought half a dozen when I ordered them, because I just thought everybody's going to want one. And so Savannah's got one now, I hope, and we're eating eggs. We weren't going to eat eggs for breakfast because we were going to make bread with the eggs that we did have, but now we can eat eggs for breakfast uh, so it's omelets in the morning, maybe. That sounds good, doesn't it? But we went around to, to my backyard and sat by the waterfall for a few minutes and just encouraged each other in the midst of this craziness and uh, talked about all that you know was going on locally. And there's still a lot of good things going on, and I was happy to hear that. So you can get good news in the garden, too, and that's always welcome. I uh, got a text from a buddy of mine tonight that we thought was about to get laid off, and he's got for sure two more weeks of work, and we're praying for more good news. But we're sure rejoicing about that bit, too. And there's other news. I've got a couple of friends having surgery tomorrow, and a couple of friends had surgery yesterday, and there's things. Life is still going on, isn't it? There's still things happening. And my friend Mary, one of her children, is uh, at home with her and very fragile medically. And so her other daughter, they have to exchange text and then leave things out at the driveway for her to get it because she's been out in the world and can't afford to bring anything home. And so there's a lot of worries here close to home. And then, of course, the news. Mercy, if you turn on the news, you can get terrified pretty quick, can't you? And I was listening to a little news today. I ran up to the feed store to pick up some stuff and uh, had the news on. And they were talking about, you know, the price of tea in China, probably all kinds of stuff they were talking about. And, and I was listening to that and, you know, should, should these other countries quarantine and, you know, should Congress do this? Should the president do that? 
is this because of something that happened in the EU? And I was listening to all that, and I kept reminding myself of that annoying habit that Jesus used to have. You may remember it, too. Back in the Bible, if you read in the in the Gospels, people were always coming up to Jesus. And <laughs> y'all, I'm paraphrasing here. This is the just James version, not King James version. People would come up here and say, Jesus, did you see what those people are doing? Jesus, what do you think about those people? And Jesus had this very annoying habit of always going, what about you? Tell me about you. Who do you say that I am? What do you think about that? What are you doing? What's your situation? What can you do about it? And I just remember that when I'm listening to this news that I can't do anything about. Because, y'all, if my governor decides that we're going to close all of the bars, there's nothing I can do about that. It's not going to affect my day either. But, you know, if, if they close school, you know what I can do about that? Not a thing. Uh, I can... I can entertain my grandchildren sometimes and keep them occupied. I can podcast. I can do some. But I can't do anything about the price of tea in China, for instance. So what can I do is kind of the question that I come back to. And I don't mean to say Jesus was annoying, y'all, but he was really good at keeping it personal, wasn't he? He still is good at keeping it personal, I think. And so I'm asking myself, you know, all right, Hat, what, what, what about you? What are you going to do about all this news? Well, the first thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to panic about things I can't control. I can't do anything about what's going on in Washington, and I can't do anything at the hospital to be helpful right now. I can't even visit my friends that are in the hospital because they're limiting visitors so much. But I can send text. Uh, I can reach out that way. That's okay. I can pray, and I boy, I'm doing a lot of that, and I know a lot of Christians are, and I think we all should be. Uh, I think we need some divine intervention here to, to put a stop to all this disease that's going around. I'm, I'm for healing for this, and I know you are too. I can be safe. You know, I can wash my hands and, and keep myself safe. I can avoid going out uh, in places where I'm around a lot of people. You can do that too. Some people have to work, though, and they can't really do that. But when I was at the grocery store the other day, the cashier was wearing gloves, right? I mean, she's doing what she can to stay safe as well. We can be nice to one another. She was nice to me. I was nice to her. I try and smile at everybody at the grocery store. Y'all, I've gone to waving when I drive again, and people are so so isolated, they're waving back. <laughs> that's good news, I think, and I can do that. I can make you smile while you're driving. That's pretty. That's a pretty good, powerful thing right there. I'm going to keep doing that. I can garden hard, and I'm doing that. Uh, you can probably garden, too, and we can talk about that if you want to. I I end up talking about gardening just because I enjoy it. I'm doing it right now, and I think everybody ought to. But really, you may not want a long, drawn-out podcast about my ideals of gardening and my scuffle hoe. But it's pretty cool, I have to tell you. <laughs> you know, I was talking about my grandma earlier, and uh, like I say, she's been much in my mind. And I do wonder what she would think of all this because she saw so many things in her life. There are a lot of things she didn't see, and I haven't talked to anybody that has seen anything like this. Um, I've been calling the older folks I know to ask them if they remembered anything like this ever happening. And I've heard stories about polio and I've heard poisonings and I've heard all kinds of things, but I hadn't heard anything quite on this scale. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's an interesting time, but you know, there are things my grandmother never saw. She never saw a computer in anybody's house. And, uh, 
I wonder what she'd make of the internet. I wonder what she'd make of podcasting. She'd probably be listening to it. She'd be listening to the news all day long because she was very up on the news and very politically active was my grandma. So she'd have been up on all of this. Uh, but she'd have, I think, been mindful of her neighbors. You know, she was one of those that when she was old was taking the old people to church. You know, old folks like that. <laughs> taking the old people that are younger than them to church so they could get there. <laughs> she wouldn't be happy about their not being church right now. I can tell you that. But a uh, friend of mine, Lindy, posted something online, and she said, I have had this piece of paper in my Bible for 30 years. And it was something that Lisa and I made, my bride and I put together, on our first home computer. And we thought we were hot stuff, man. It, it, was a, it had a hard drive all of its own, a 40 megabyte hard drive you did not hear me wrong y'all i'm that old a 40 megabyte hard drive and we thought it's so big we'll never use it we'll never use up that much space <laughs> i guess we weren't really thinking about how much software was going to grow over the years because there wasn't any back then uh, very little just there wasn't uh, microsoft word didn't exist yet when we bought our first computer and so we uh but we, you could make documents on it. We had a word processing program, and we could make documents on it and make all sorts of interesting fonts. And we put something together for a Sunday school class that we had at that time. And, and the Internet did exist then, children. It really did. And we had a telephone, a landline telephone, and we had what was called an acoustic modem. And so you would take, you'd pick up your phone, and you'd dial the number, and when you started hearing the funny sounds that it was making, you you pushed your telephone into the acoustic modem. And that's how your computer <laughs> communicated with others. We didn't do it a lot because, as you can imagine, that kind of clunky system doesn't work very quickly. So, it would, you know, there were things like bulletin board services and there were emails, but it wasn't anything like it is now. We've come a long way. <laughs> but one of the things that uh, that was on that uh, document that we printed out and we've used it in Sunday school classes literally for more than 30 years now something that we passed out and it's uh, at the top it says don't panic in big friendly letters and some of you are Douglas Adams fans and will will be yelling at me right now I know where my towel is I know where my towel is <laughs> but it was verses of scripture we'd put together to help you overcome stress anxiety and fear and I'll I'll put all of it into a, a podcast at some point, I hope. But I just wanted to read you the first thing that was on there. And it's a scripture from Philippians chapter 4, and it's verses 6 and 7. And it contains a really interesting phrase. It says, this is what it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now that always bothered me. Don't be anxious about anything, because I, I thought anxious meant worried. Don't be worried about anything. And I'll be honest, I don't know how to do that. I'm a worrier by nature, and, and I, I think about these things. My grandma used to say, she would say, uh, worry is a slight form of atheism. And I thought, okay, well, that's cool, because you, right, because you're not trusting God. But, y'all, my, my grandma was a champion worrier. I was just, she may be a hardcore atheist then, because she's worrying way too much for that to be true. But I wondered what that meant. Don't worry about anything. How do you do that? And I've heard people say you can't pray and worry at the same time, and 
Not sure I agree with that either, just being honest here. But I get anxious. I worry. And that's the way we use it today. And I'm not a Greek scholar, y'all. I know like seven Greek words and kind of what they mean, and I mispronounce six of them, I think. Uh, the one I don't mispronounce is Chloe, which means new growth. And so our dog is named Chloe. I can pronounce that one. I don't know how the Greeks pronounced it, though, so maybe I'm not getting that one right either. But that word anxious right there in Philippians chapter 4 is the Greek word marimneo. And I've heard it pronounced different ways, but I pronounce it the way it's spelled. If it was English, it'd be pronounced marimneo. And it doesn't mean worry. It means to be divided from or distracted from, which makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It doesn't make any sense, actually. <laughs> That's not helping, Hat. That's not helping at all. Do not be divided or distracted about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. Well, you have to think about what it's asking you not to be divided from or not to be distracted from. It's talking about the Lord, right? Do not be distracted from God about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's what it's talking about. So all this news, I know you're worried about it. There's no eggs or toilet paper. Okay, you're worried about that. Your kids are home from school, and I get it. That's something to worry about. But don't let it distract you from God, Christians. Don't let it divide you from God. And I know some people are really struggling with their faith right now, and I understand that. But I'm just telling you, God has been faithful. And don't let all of this bad news distract you from what you know about him. And some of you don't like him at all. Some of you don't believe him at all. And, and that's not my decision to make or to argue with you about. But I'm just telling you what I believe. Uh, and I believe God's been faithful. And I believe he's going to keep being faithful. And I pray to him about you because I love you. And I hope you understand that it's done from a position of love, not because I'm hoping he'll rain down anything on you. I hope he brings you that peace that passes all understanding. Because I know that's what we need right now. And for me, the key is not to get divided or distracted from the one I know that is in control, even when things seem so out of control. And that's helping me stay calm and focused these days. And maybe it'll help you too. Because all I know about just about any emergency is panic never helps. I've never been in a situation where panicking was the best choice. It just never really works out. I was... Uh, I was, driving, I was driving on Gentry Parkway in Tyler. I can tell you exactly where I was. It was a long time ago, and I had a sales job, and I was listening to some cassette tapes I had gotten from the library in Mineola where we lived. We didn't really live in Mineola. We lived out in Golden. We didn't really live in Golden. We lived outside of Golden. We lived really in the geographical center of nowhere, y'all. But they had a great library in Mineola, and they gave me a library card, and I checked out books on tape and listened to them in my truck when I was driving. And it was some really smart sales training guy, and he was he was talking about fear because there's a lot of fear in sales. There's a lot of fear in everyday life, right? But he was saying, you know, sometimes people panic. Like if you're on your way to an appointment and you, you panic, right? That happens. He said, well, you need to think about what panic is. He said that word comes, from, it actually comes from fear of the God Pan. You know the guy that plays the funny flute? <laughs> Pan? Pan fear played the flu, right? But do you, you remember the god Pan from uh, uh, from mythology? Well, that's what you're afraid of. And he haunted the forest, and he'd jump out and kill people and play them. I guess flute them to death somehow. And so fear of the god Pan. And so when you panic, 
Are you really being afraid of the God Pan? <laughs> no. And that's an old word. What it means now is that you're afraid you're going to die. Your panic is literally a panic attack means you think you're going to die from whatever's going on. And he was saying, well, 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 think that through. If you logic your, your way through that, if you're late to an appointment and you panic, it means you think you're going to die because you're late to this appointment. And he played it out and went, you know, oh, well, if you aren't there on time, they might get mad and not buy from you. And then you won't make any money. And then you'll starve to death. He's like, okay. But if you think that through, you're probably not going to starve to death because you missed an appointment or were five minutes late. Don't panic in that situation. And y'all, that was a great relief to me. That was a, a burden lifted for me because I had a lot of panic back in those days because there really was a lot of fear in my life at that time. We were really struggling and sales was not going well for me at that point in my life. And I really needed the advice. So I'm going to tell you now, don't panic. I'm going to tell you there's a lot of good resources out there, more than there has ever been. Maybe you don't have... Um, uh, library card to a good library like Mineola that will loan you books or books on cassettes or maybe you don't have a cassette player and some of you don't know what a cassette player is but you know in my first car I had an eight track player eight track tape player and it was really exciting when cassette tapes came out and I bought uh, a converter that plugged into my eight track player to put cassette tapes in and that's not important, is it? <laughs> Y'all, none of this is really probably important. I just wanted to spend a little time with you this evening and uh, and tell you that there's a lot of good things out there to read. There's a lot of good news to hear. And you'll hear a lot more good news from the people you know that you call and talk to. Your friend that's having surgery, reach out. Ask them if they're ready for it. Your friend that uh, thought he's going to get laid off, maybe you're going to find out good news from him that he got two more weeks worth of work. There's a lot of good things going on. You might find out from one of your friends that there is hamburger meat at the grocery store. That's okay. And I hope that when people call you, you think up some good news to share with them. Because I think it helps to have somebody telling you good things. That's what I'm doing here. Just trying to tell you some good things. Uh, entertain you a little bit. Maybe distract you from bad things. Maybe remind you God really still is in charge even when it seems like nobody is. A lot of this is politics that we can't do much about. Uh, in our own little area, we can, but on a grand scale, nothing you and I can do this week is going to change politics. The economy, you know what, on a small scale, we can do some things. Uh, you know friends that are on the gig economy that uh, aren't able to work right now and you've got something they can do, well, you can help with that. Uh, there are a lot of things we can do locally. I'm gardening. I'm going to keep mentioning that because instead of planting flowers, plant gardens. Uh, and maybe you don't have anywhere to plant a garden, but I will tell you, years ago I was in uh, Seattle. A friend of mine, Chris and Mike, were up there. Chris was having a bone marrow transplant, and isn't that exciting? She's still alive, by the way. She lives in Honduras. <laughs> She's busy loving people and telling them about Jesus in Honduras after uh, leukemia and a bone marrow transplant. Yeah, I'm telling you there's hope, even when it seems like there's not any hope. There really is. But down the street from the apartment where they were staying while she was having all this medical work done was a community garden. Just a little patch of land out in the middle of the street, really, and it had a fence around it, and everybody that lived there could go and work in the garden. Great therapy. I think there's a lot to be said for, for gardening right now, and I think you ought to try it, even if it's just marigolds. Marigolds keep away bugs, so you could plant some cabbage next to it. That wouldn't be bad. 
well, unless you don't like cabbage, you should definitely plant things you like in your garden if you get a chance. And you know what? You're in control of that. You're in control of what you put in your garden. You're in control of what you put in your mind, too. So don't eat up all of this fear. You don't need it. It's not helpful. It doesn't cause you to do good things sometimes. Panic certainly doesn't lead, lead to good decision-making. But being calm and rational does and talking to the people nearby. You know, think about what you can do. What you can do for yourself, what you can do for your loved ones, for the people that you're living with, for the people that are around you, your neighbors. You can wave at people from your car. That's what I'm doing. None of it's a big deal, but all of it's stuff that's within my skill set. It's stuff that I can do. And so I encourage you to do that. I'm going to do a lot of reading this evening, I hope. And uh, boy, I hope if the Bible is right when it says that the sleep of the workman is good, I'm going to sleep good tonight because I have worked in my garden today, all with my hands. Y'all, no machinery was deployed today at all. It was just old hat power. That's all we were going with there. All right, well, folks, that's uh, the time I've got for now, and I appreciate you listening. I just wanted you to know that you're not in this by yourself. We're all in it together. I'm here with you. You're okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it through this and be better than ever. And I really do believe that the best is yet to come.